Welcome to another episode of NY Just Fans Podcast with hosts David Sharman and Chris. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast. As the midseason is over, we're now in week nine. We all know what happened with the Chiefs and the Jets. We don't need to speak on it, speak much about it, but we have to talk about it. So, Sharman, I'm going to start off with you. Um, if you saw anything positive from, from the game, what have you saw? Uh, and that's about, I guess that's the question that I, that I only have for now. Quinn Williams, <laughs> Denzel Mims. That was the positives. Uh, Brian Poole is having another great season for the Jets. That's the positives. Uh, I mean, there was a few other things too, but I mean, I think, um, I think we've said it before. I think we were all here just to evaluate the young players at this point team is not going anywhere we're trying to get an inkling of where the team is going to go in the future that's it so we're more leaning on the young players and what they're doing and I think we're all in agreement that Quinnen has uh arrived or he looks like he's arrived because it looks like every week he's playing better and better right now I think he leads the league in in defensive stops as a D-lineman and I think he's second or third in the defense in run stops behind the line of scrimmage in the NFL right now as a D lineman. So uh, if you're talking about, you know, looking around at the talent around him, which is not that substantial. I mean, uh, um, that, that's to me, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's to me, that's first round kind of performance, right? Cause everybody was like, Oh, you know, for as high as you take Quinn Williams, he needs to do this. He needs to, hey, there you go. He's I doing it. To see it. <laughs> You know, we starting we starting to see it. So um, that's that's a positive for us to see, man. Uh, so I think every week we dwell. I, I agree with you, Davin. I think we every week we dwell on pointing out all the negatives, man. Listen, it's a broken tape. You know, the same thing we said from last week. That's about it. I I, I don't have to say anything else other than that. Big ups to, like I said, um, big ups to um. To Zuniga for his first game, and he had like nine snaps, which is nothing. They're gonna take time, take their time bringing him back. So, gonna take a little time before seeing him. Big ups to Poole. He's still balling. Big ups to um, William Quinnen because he's he's playing like a beast right now. Um, I, I think uh, <clears throat> I think uh, um, I, we saw a little bit of uh, of our a nose tackle playing a little better because he hadn't been he haven't had really good games yet this season I think that was probably his best game in my opinion um uh so uh Fabio Cassie I mean so yeah there was a there was a little bit of something here and there that that was positive that was it for me yeah I I think the defensive line is going to be something that we could build around you know once we add a premier like if we can add a premier pass rusher this offseason to that group because it's it's definitely probably the only good part of this whole defense. Um, even though they're not getting a lot of uh, pressure on the quarterback, but they you could see they're they're definitely a you know a decent group. Our corners obviously are a mess. I mean, and against Kansas City, everybody's going to look bad anyway. But of course, we're going to look really bad. Um, the receivers were wide open. Um, you know. Mahomes had a day where I think everybody expected, you know, 416 yards, five touchdowns, no INTs. He didn't get sacked. He wasn't touched, you know. So uh, it was everything we expected. This is basically 
this is it is what it is. Unfortunately, I hate to use that term, but it is what it is with this team. Um, offensively, it's just wash, rinse, repeat, basically, our offense for the past few weeks. Um, and thank God even Trent Green even, met, even mentioned it uh, during the game. He even mentioned saying this team, they have to put Sam in, in some kind of motion, put the receivers in motion, because the offensive line is, is horrible. Outside of Becton, he's not getting the time at all. So outside of Becton. Yeah, as you bring that up, not to interrupt you, I, I want to I wanna make this point. Um, both of our tackles combined are, are probably are right up there with some of the best tackles in creating of um, um, allowing pressures in the NFL. Between Fenton and 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 um, and, a, and Big Ticket, they they're they're playing really good football. Unfortunately, the interior line is so bad, they're making the whole line look bad. But our tackles are playing very well right now. I just wanted to put that in there. Okay. Yeah, no, they, they are. But like you said, interior. And, and and that's where Sam's having a problem. He's, as soon as he's snapping it, the guys are in his face. So, I mean, yep. that's another reason why to get him in motion. You know, I mean, I'm not saying obviously not every play, but you got to put more of these plays in there. You know, and okay, maybe a part of it, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make excuses for them. Like maybe the, <laughs> I don't know, maybe the playbook is not, as deep as, as they want it to be, because, you know, you got Mims just starting off, you know, he's only in his second or third week. Maybe they're trying to make it as easy or as simple, I should say, as possible for Sam. So they're, you know, making the, the playbook smaller. I, I have no idea, but I'm tired of seeing the same bland offense every week and you see other teams and it's <laughs> ridiculous. You know, it's like, it's like watching a high school team compared to a pro team. And it's embarrassing. And the defense is is horrible, too. I mean, I was just saying how the line is better. But check these numbers out real fast. I just I wanted to say this. The Jets have 41 total quarterback pressures this year. 41. Hmm. That's tied for the yep. second worst in the entire league. They oh, also, yeah. They're 11. Hold on. I have a couple more. They have 11 sacks. And that's tied <laughs> for seventh worst. 11 sacks. Jeez. And... Their 18 quarterback hurries, which is not much, is 30 and 31 quarterback hits are both tied for fifth worst. And now I wanna I wanna make you understand. I wanna say something here. You have to understand part of the reasoning why our defensive line is not getting as much hits as possible is guys are just running wide open instantly. They're 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 open so wide so easily that the quarterback doesn't have to hold the ball for over a second. You know, like Mahomes was releasing the ball like a sec, uh, like a second and a half or a second and a beat. Right. You know, he didn't have to think to because guys would just run wide open instantly. When your corners are not covering, covering <laughs> your, your D-line is not going to get sacks. It's not going to happen because the ball is going to be out. It's as simple as that. Yeah, but so it's not really on the D-line for that. It's that our coverage is that bad. That's how bad it gets coverage. I get it, but you could see every game where there there aren't the quick slant throws where the quarterback goes back and he's got all day to throw the ball. <laughs> so you are right. On I'm I'm not saying you're wrong, but on plays that aren't the quick slants or the quick throws, he's got all day back there and nobody's touching him. So you know you get you get the Quinn and Williams, but I mean the guy's he's not a one man show. The guy's not 
Aaron Donalds, but he is no, not. really good. Even yeah. I think even even Aaron Donald wouldn't get in every single play either, obviously. So um, that's it's just horrible. So as bad as we we talk about uh, Adam Gase's offense and everything else, the defense is horrible, just as bad. I mean, when they when they play decent, you know, uh, the other yeah, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, against Buffalo, they only gave up 18 points. We were like, oh, that's great. They kept them out of the you know the end zone, which is awesome, but you know, we, we got to see that every week. We can't see that one week. And then the next week, you know, the chiefs are going to drop 35 on us. Like it was, I mean, like it was nothing. They dropped 35 on us. Mm. So anyway, let's get there, to next week. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, real quick. Um, Patrick Mahomes was the um, one, one AFC offensive player of the week. He becomes the fifth jet, jet opponent to win a uh, player of the week. Uh, Xavier Wells won week three. Um, Kicker McManus from Denver won week four. Murray week five. Hughes from Buffalo week seven, and of course Mahomes last week. So we don't get no, we don't get no better than that. <laughs> um, so we preview the game against the uh, the Patriots. Uh, this is sad for both teams. Um, and also uh, for what Rich and many just reported a second ago, they have signed uh, the, the veteran wide receiver, Dante Moncrief, um, the veteran that was on the Jets practice squad. So um, just a quick preview, Charmin, what, what you think could, could happen and what's the predictions? Oh, man. Uh, I didn't I didn't really catch everything you said. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Um Say that again, Devin. I'm sorry about that. I said, I said, what what's the preview and what's the what's the what's the preview and what's the final score for for the Pats game? Um, this is two of the best. Um, right now the Pats are suffering, man. They are. Um, I think I think I think they're basically coming. You've seen a lot of the the mistakes that uh, that they've done over the years coming coming to fruition here, but. Don't get don't get that twisted, man. Uh, because the coaching is on a way higher level than the Jets, you will not see that these teams are anywhere close to looking the same. So this is more gonna be the Pats gonna be definitely uh, you know they're gonna be winning going away. In my opinion, um, because we we just we just can't do just stuff that is the simplest stuff. We just can't do it. You know, we have we have corner we have cornerbacks that don't understand where they're supposed to be, and 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 covering tight ends that run into block, which is the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life, watching football. Um, so if you have that happening on your team, I don't care how bad the other team is, you're worse. So uh, you know, I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game because the, both teams are suffering from being able to get uh, winning the end zone right now. So um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going to say this is probably going to be the closest score the Jets are going to have all season. Um, so I say it's going to be something like um, 20 to 14. Yeah, um, 20 to 14 Pats, my bad. Yeah, that, that's about what I got, too. I got like 21-17. So I'm in the same ballpark as you. Uh 
both teams struggling on offense. Pat's got the definitely got the better defense. Um, but uh, both teams struggling offensively. Cam Newton's come in a total wreck. Um, he fumbled late in that game. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. He basically cost them a chance to tie the game at the end of the game. Uh, Cam Newton has looked absolutely horrible. And, um, you know, I, they're, they're another team that has no bright spots. But like you said, their coaching is miles uh, on a different planet than us. You know, so it's not even in the same ballpark. It's like Little League and, uh, and the pros here uh, when it comes to coaching. So that's probably going to win it, win the game for the Patriots. But like you said, it should be a close game because they're struggling offensively too. Yeah, and, they don't uh, have any they, – yeah, they're, they're definitely suffering because – they're literally suffering because they don't have any wide receivers. Right. They, none of all their wide too. receivers are injured. <laughs> and, and they have like – they have like – undrafted white guys are playing wide receiver for them. You know, guys that probably didn't get that much snaps in practice. So you just don't see the continuity on their, on their offense there. So you understand that. But the fact that we have linebacker issues at linebacker and we, they're going to be facing a running quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. That, but what do you think? You don't have the Jets winning, right? Actually, actually I do. <gasps> really? 14 to 13. Wow. Okay. Uh, If you really look at the way how Cam played these past two weeks, I know, I know, you know, last week was against a great, a good defense. And um, the week before was against um, another good defense, but at the third stringers, Cam, Cam numbers has not, Cam has not been performing well. In the shows, uh, they missed Julian Elderman. They on they they on they last though. They last like us. But I don't see Cam doing it, doing it against the Jets this week. And this is something that I've really thought about for since Sunday. I I I, I even think about it watching watching some of the Chiefs game. After a while, I just said, okay, let me think about the Patriots game a little more. So I I think I think we're gonna see the Jets finally get a win, and it's not gonna be on the best circumstances. But I, I actually gonna pick the Jets to win, and I hate, I hate that I have to do this, but wow. I feel like the Jets <laughs> is really gonna win. Um, fourteen to thirteen, not a high scoring game, and not, not much scoring going on. Um, I love let's it. Move, <laughs> let's move, <laughs> let's move along. Um, before we get into the trades, let's talk about Joe Douglas. Um. In his presser, um, he had a presser, and also he talked on the Michael K. show. So, Chris, uh, I know, I know, I know you got some some disagreements with Joe and some agreements. Uh, could you speak about both of them? All right. Well, a couple of things, you know, like he mentioned the Robbie Anderson signing. You know, he was. I think they under under uh, what do you call it? Undervalued him a little bit, and thought he yeah. wasn't going to get as much as he did on the open market. Um, I think he really wanted to stay here. And I think Robbie really was expecting the Jets maybe to come in with an offer that was a little bit higher because supposedly the offer wasn't that far from what the uh, Panthers offered him. So um, I'm sure going to Carolina with uh, his former coach from college, I'm sure that helped the decision, even though the money wasn't that bad. But he did admit – Joe Douglas did admit that 
they they did mess that whole thing up. Um, and he's taken the blame for the whole season. He's taken the he's not he's not giving what what's bothering me. He's not giving any blame whatsoever to Gase. I mean, he's taken all the blame. He said I should do a better job of getting more players for them, getting better players, and this and that. And he put his full support behind Gase, and he said he's part of the solution for the team to get better. I think that's crazy. Um, I, I think th there's got to be some kind of accountability. You know, I, I, I totally respect that he's taken the blame, but you can't just say I support Gase as my coach after seeing what he's done here for the year and a half that he's here. You know, you can't just put all your, oh yeah, he's, a, he's definitely the solution. How do you look at him and see the solution in, in him when he has done nothing at all for us. He did nothing for Buffalo. He did, I mean, uh, he did nothing for Miami, Miami when he was there and he was not, he did nothing for the bears. The only time he did something is when he was with Denver with Peyton Manning and an incredible offense. And guess what? And Peyton Manning was basically calling the offense. He was calling his own plays. So basically he did nothing there too. So it's amazing how, like I said, I, I appreciate Joe Douglas taking the blame, saying, yeah, I need to get better players. Absolutely. But we knew he couldn't fix everything in one offseason, right? And this was basically his first real offseason because last year he, could, he didn't draft or um, sign any free agents. So um, so that those were the things I thought was, hard, was incredible. And, and given um, Donald's, you know, yeah, he's going to be our he's going to be our franchise quarterback. You know, he's going to be our quarterback for the future. Um, he's backing him 100 percent. I get that. But you got to like there's got to be some kind of accountability for those guys, too. You know, even on interviews, Donald says, yeah, it's it's me. I got to do better. Of course. I mean, that's pretty obvious. He can't say, yeah, I'm doing OK. No, you're not. So for Joe Douglas to do this, I understand it's the GM, it's the, yeah, he's got to say what he has to say, but there's got to be some kind of accountability. I mean, it's got to be like, yeah, we suck and we have to get better. Not just me, you know, not just the GM, but the team has to do better. The coaching has to do better. There's not one person in that building, maybe there's a handful, I should say, that are actually doing their job. Outside of a handful of players that we know of are not doing their job, at least not doing it well. So that that's that's what really upset me that he he put no blame whatsoever on the players or the coach. I think, I think as a rookie GM, I think you 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 you're supposed to make mistakes, you know. And and no GM is not perfect. And we we give Joe Douglas all the credit for for having 18 draft picks in the next two drafts, and he knows that he has to execute them for us to really. Being, you know, be be on, you know, in love with him, you know, not to say, not to say it so, uh, so softly, but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's true. And until then, we're still going through BS. And I still think, you know, I I get what you're saying, Chris, because you don't like, you know, the gays comments and everything like that. But I think he has to say it. He don't want to, he don't want to throw him in the trash. You know, <laughs> you, you no, know. I know. You could say a little bit, you know, you could right, one of those but, window type <laughs> saying right, but but when you when you're in but when you're in the circus 
full of clowns you you don't want to be you don't want to be the main clown you know so <laughs> so you have to kind of stay outside of that and kind of say the right things to, I, I to, agree to keep with yourself Davin. out of that yeah, I, so, I agree with Davin I totally understand where you're coming okay. from Chris because for a moment I felt the same way when it came when it came to what what uh what um, Douglas was saying, my my thing was he had to be professional about it. He had to be, he had to carry himself in a certain way because everything that's going on with the Jets right now is a circus, like David said. He would just be adding to the circus if he did the same thing that the defensive coordinator did, that Adams did on his way out. Like everybody like criticizing Gase. Like if everybody knows Gase is the issue, and I keep beating a dead horse, it doesn't matter. You know, if they already think organizationally that Gase is the problem, but we're not going to do any upheaval right now. We're going to wait until the end of the season. They don't, they don't have to broadcast that to anybody. They're just going to talk the talk, the coaching talk, the front office talk, let it go. And then when they do what they do, they do it, you know, and, and, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And the only reason I'm doing that is because he's a brand new face here. Everybody else in that building is, has been there for a long period of time, and they're gonna, they, they should get punched in the face, not physically. Um, I, con- I don't condone violence, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that they're, they're, they should atone for their be- their, 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 the lack of doing their job to the highest degree they should have been. You know, um, Of course, the Johnsons are first in line. Um, but but I think I think um, Douglas just is saying and doing is saying and doing the right things. Now, if for any reason Adam Gase is still the head coach of the Jets next year, he's first in line for getting a punch in the face. Not that I would ever punch him physically <laughs> in the face. That dude is huge. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but that's also, my biggest fear. That, that's all I'm saying. That's my biggest fear is that Gase is going to be here next year because you know why? I look at it this way. For some reason, the owners must love him. They must love Adam Gase, right? Because think of it this way. Adam Gase, number one, got Mac fired, right? He basically got him fired. Because how does he get, he got to spend the money and he got to draft and then they fire him. That was on Gase, right? Gase got him fired. So that's number one. Number two, Gase got, got them to hire Joe Douglas, Right, because he's the one that went and interviewed him and said, "Oh, we, we got to bring this guy in and all that stuff," and talked him into coming. So that th- two things—that's what scares me. Like the owners must really think very highly of Gase if they're going to let him fire a guy. Let them, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say he fired him, but he got them to fire him. You know, fire Mac, and then they got them to hire Joe Douglas. Now, like, do they think of him that highly? That, oh, yeah, right, and this year it's like, okay, you know what, we're, we're going through a really bad season, we weren't expecting much, so yeah, well, we're going to lose, we're going to trade a couple, of, we're going to trade our best players, um, you know, I, don't, I hate to use the word tank, you know, I hate that, I hate that word, but we're going we're gonna, to, you know, forget about this season, we're going to get the number one pick next year, and then, you know, we'll, we'll decide on that, and then we're going to keep what we have, because we, we really like Ace. Uh, really he's good. That's what scares me that they really like Gates, and I'm I'm praying that that's not the you know I'm praying that it's not it, but that's the part of me that scares me. And I see some people on on social media saying the same thing, like 
we, we think he's coming back. I, a guy that, um, former Jet, Rob Carpenter, that I follow on Twitter, great guy. Um, he keeps on saying he's staying next year. He goes, Jet fans, get used to him because he's not getting fired this year. Uh, I, I think if you if you have a choice between between some candy, you know, like like good candy or some stale candy, you want some good candy, whether you like it or not. And I just think, look, I'm saying if you have Halloween candy, if you got candy corn or some goddamn fucking Starburst and some some Skittles. You want Starburst and Skittles. You don't want the you don't want the candy corn because the candy corn is kind of disgusting. I mean, some people like it. I was gonna say I'm some saying, people like it. That's what I'm saying, Chris. But you know what I'm saying though. This is like the well, Johnson. Let's hope Christopher Johnson doesn't like candy corn then. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I know what you mean though. I, I when the exactly. team when the team has not been in the playoffs in a decade, and the, and they kind of desperate for wanting change. You have to make a change in the coat in the coaching, regardless if you like it or not. So I I think they they I think they like him, but at the same time, if Joe Douglas says, "Listen, he's not the man for us to get us to the playoffs," would y'all rather be in the playoffs or would y'all rather suffer another year? Then then that's the that's the choice that that Christopher Johnson and them is going to have to say, "Okay, Joe, just do it." This sure. Joe Douglas gonna have to put the foot down and say, "Listen, this is it. We we can't we can't afford to suffer anymore. We just can't. You you want me to change this culture? I'm here for four to five more years, whatever it is, and I want to do things my way. So are you gonna let me fire? Or not even are you? I'm gonna have to fire him. Period. There you go. I agree. Hopefully that's the way it goes. You're right. And guys, and guys, we have to always remember that that the the organization structure in New York with that weird the GM and the head coach are on the same tier and they both they both basically have to report to the owner is you know is um is the is the part of it that that's annoying you know because then the GM doesn't have the 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 power to basically look evaluate what Gase is doing and fire him. He has to evaluate what he's doing, then go to the owner and say, listen, man, um, uh, I think we should fire Gase. And then the owner will call Gase into the office and say, hey, uh, uh, um, the GM just evaluated you and he wants to fire you. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's it's so New York terrible. Jets. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is, but we'll definitely get more in tune with that as the weeks go by. Um, A.V. Williamson got traded to the Steelers. Uh, man, um, it was the it was A.V. Williamson in the seventh round pick for a fifth round pick. Also, let's let's get the trades out the way. Quan Alexander got traded to the Saints, which which was crazy. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of other trades happened as as we as we talk about it. But let's get into A.V. Williamson first. Um, as as Michael Nania, uh, good friend Michael Nania, has some 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 crazy stats on on the game before he got traded. Uh, Charmin, uh, how how you feel about the trade? I see why it was done. Um, literally, he is not the same guy. Um, he's a little slower. 
Um, you could see that he, you know, and then this, and then the way, you know, there's not really any kind of help around him. So, um, you know, move him. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a, a free agent next year. Try to see what you get from him. The fact that we could get a fifth round for him, even if it's in 2022, I don't care. That's a, quite a get. For that's that's quite a move, in my opinion. And uh, man, I want to say happy trails to Avery Williamson, class act, all the way through. Man, um, never heard a bad word about this guy. He just came in, do his job, and on on and he killed the social media thing, man. He even whilst he was injured, you know, taking pictures of himself in his full uniform on the train and all kind of stuff. That was funny as hell, man. So, you know, uh, good luck to him, man. Definitely. Yeah, I thought it was a good trade. Like you said, you know, you, I think in the end, you got to get you, you got to get what you can for these players that are probably not going to be around next year. I was expecting a couple more trades, um, but uh, maybe even Brian uh I was expecting Brian Poole to get traded because uh, he was he's on the last year of his contract. Um, so you never know. He might he might not be back next year. You know, they might not re-sign him. But uh, maybe in the end, um, they decided not to trade him because they weren't getting the offers that are going to be more than what, like, say, if he leaves as a free agent, we, we probably get some kind of uh, supplemental pick for him. So, uh, um but yeah, I thought it was a good move. You know, you, you get something, get something for basically nothing if he left because he was going to leave most likely. I don't think they were going to bring him back. They were hardly, it seemed like in the beginning it was, he was hardly used for a couple of weeks. Remember we were kind of like, where's Avery Williamson? And then we finally started to see him start. So, uh, yeah. but you know what? Good for him, man. He went to a team with no wins and went to a team with no losses. So good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Shout out to him. Um, but these, but these other trades, like, um, Desmond King to the Titans, um, I feel like the Titans needed to make that move. Uh, I'm still disappointed in the Packers for what I heard. The Packers was talking to the Texans about Will Fuller and I don't know, Matt LaFleur and the GM just thought it wasn't the right move to bring in, to, to add the wide receiver. Why is that? I, you know, I, I know I, nothing about. I I can't I can't. Ex- the Packers are an enigma to me, man. Um, a lot of the moves that we we I mean, come on, man. In the last in the last year or so, the kind of moves that they've done, even from the draft, drafting the quarterback and all that stuff. I mean, you just see them do stuff that kind of weird, man. They they have something that allows them to be free with their movements and do all this weird stuff. And it, and it doesn't really catch on to them. Aaron Rodgers is a beast of a quarterback. And he erases or covers over a lot of crap that's in the organization. If you didn't have that quarterback, all these moves would, would be highlighted everywhere on SportsCenter and every morning show on every podcast. But because Aaron Rodgers makes you win a bunch of games every time, you forget that for some damn reason, the Packers can't stop the run no matter what. You know, and they don't draft wide receivers even if they know that their their star quarterback and Hall of Fame quarterback needs one. You know, that's a that I have never seen anything like that in my opinion. So I don't know. I really don't have an explanation for it. I, I, the only reason why I, I I probably wouldn't have went after William Fuller is he's not a bad player, but the guy's hurt all the time. I mean, this guy True. has 
he has interest. So I think that would, they probably set a price, you know, draft pick, you know, they probably didn't want to go higher than a fifth or a sixth round pick, you know, something low to get him because they don't want to take on the contract of a guy who's, you know, gets hurt a lot. So, but the mistake where you, where I agree with you is, yeah, I mean, they should have looked around for other, they had to be another receiver out there available. I mean, you could even, not that we have great receivers, but I'm sure um, what's his name would have helped a lot over there, Crowder, you know? I mean, I know he's hurt. Maybe that's why they didn't want to take a chance because he's hurt. You don't know. Maybe it's more serious. But, yeah, they, they, they should have gotten some help for uh, Aaron Rodgers for sure. I mean, um, to go in there, they're basically the same team. You know, they got they got Devontae Adams. That's great. But who else do they got receiver-wise that's really, you know, a team that's got to really stop. So, yeah, agree to that. Um before 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 we get into our midseason uh our midseason MVPs um we want to uh, I just want to make a, a quick a quick statement um John Elway CEO of Broncos Matt Stafford and the 49ers shut down their facility due to covid uh it's kind of crazy that Stafford is is on the COVID-19 list I think remember that they had talked about Stafford and then it was like a false a false test I think it was before the season started uh we not just hoping that that they basically just fix fix it and and hope the guys get better if if they have the symptoms or whatever like that I just wanted to say that real quick um Let's get into our midseason MVPs, um, real quick. Who who y'all have for midseason MVP? Yeah, Charmin, you go first. Oh man, um, I think I think it's Russell Wilson, man. And and yes, I know I'm a Russell Wilson fanboy. Um, <laughs> was but, but 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 <laughs> but um, but I mean, come on, man. The the numbers just buried out, in my opinion. The ridiculous amount of touchdowns to interception ratio, the fact that that team would not be anywhere close to where they are if it if it wasn't for his talent and his like just the just the fact that he always shows up when they need him the most, and when he doesn't, you could see how bad that team is around him around him. Unfortunately, uh, I think I think um, definitely that's the guy for me. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was that was my pick too. Uh, either him or you know, of course, Mahomes. We've seen him front and center. So, uh, other than that, I mean, uh, Brady has come on the last couple of weeks. Not this week, but um, uh, I would it has to be has to be one of those two guys. Uh, maybe if you want to go running back, you could say uh, Derrick Henry, of course. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been good, Hilaire. So, but yeah, I, I, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. It's got to be Wilson. Who do, who do you got, Davin? You got anybody else you kind of think of? Uh, I had, I had, I kind of had Tom Brady. He's been on a little bit on fire. Yeah, he haven't played well, yeah. but since uh, they got Antonio Brown, that's activated and ready for Sunday for for third well was it Thursday or Sunday game um I'm not too sure I think it's Sunday's game I Tom Brady about to be on the roll so I want to say watch out for that 
But um, I think I think I'm gonna go with Aaron Donald. I think I think I think hmm. I'm gonna go on the defense side. Nine nine sacks, uh, tied with Miles Garrett, and the man is a beast. Donald moving double teams, <laughs> even triple teams if you ask him to do yeah. it. You know, <laughs> and Aaron Donald is on a whole new level, and I just want to say, yeah, that that would be my MVP so far as Aaron Donald. Okay. Um. Surprise! Do we have any teams that that's surprising? Yeah, I have one, Carolina. I mean, I mean, we when we did our projections, we did not have Carolina winning that many games so early in the season. We we basically said that if they got to those that amount of wins, it would be by the end of the season, <laughs> not not halfway through the season. And the fact that they've been so competitive in almost every game they've played. It's pretty surprising to me. Uh, Bridgewater has played very well. Um, a lot of youth on defense that has shown up. Um, Robbie Anderson is a co- looks like a complete wide receiver. I mean, sh- short area passes, mid area passes, long. Like we always knew he could do the deep balls. He, he's still do, he able to do that. But the fact that he's catching the ball more in the short areas and he's catching the ball, sh- um, he, like he's more shorthanded is kind of a revelation for, for Jets fans, a lot of Jets fans, because um, he didn't see a lot of that here. But but yeah, that that's um, that team is probably the biggest surprise for me. I, I had a couple of teams to add to that. I, I would say Arizona. I think Arizona is doing a little better than we had them as well. Um, and the Bears, I think, being five and two, that's kind of surprising. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if they're gonna. I, I think this is where they're gonna start going downhill. But still, to be five and two, I think that's pretty surprising. And another team, like who would we have thought would be the number one defense in the league right now? Would would <laughs> my, would Miami be anywhere near that conversation? <laughs> but here we are, right? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So they're a surprise yes. too. So. Yep. Let's see what they That's do the rest true. of the way, but yeah. Uh surprise teams. Oh man. I mean, I I think I think I will go with I think I'll go with the Packers. Um just because of the fact of the matter is that even though they five and two right now, they still they still playing at a at a high level. Um I was expecting a a great deal of losses on the first couple of weeks. And they doing their thing, so shout out to them. And I think Pittsburgh, because I definitely talked down on Pittsburgh. I think I only gave them eight wins, and they already at seven. So um, shout out to Pittsburgh for the seven and zero. I'm I'm sorry I doubted y'all. Uh, <laughs> is there is there any disappointing teams? Oh, there's a good amount. I can give you a couple. Uh, I mean, I'm, just just give us two or three. All right, uh, I'm gonna say Houston. Uh, in the AFC, I'm going to say Houston and, and New England, and I'm going to say the entire NFC East is a disgrace right now. <laughs> There's no reason for the Cowboys oh. and the Eagles, especially, to be where they are. I understand the Giants. I understand the Redskins. They're rebuilding. They're a young team, blah, blah, blah. So we'll give them a little bit of an excuse. But Philly and, and Dallas, even with the injuries, they got to be better than whatever they are, two, three, and one, or whatever their record is, that that's an embarrassment. So that was uh, my bad ones for the NFC. 
Yeah, the the like you said, the NFC East is the NFC least. I'm stealing that from somebody. I don't know. They, I know a lot of people Everybody said it. <laughs> Everybody's saying it. I, I just wanted to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Um. Uh, you should have paid Dak anyway. I I just wanted to put that in there. Um. Uh, and and I agree with you, Chris. Uh, the Texans is sheesh, man. I we I don't think any of us saw that happening. One and six. Yeah, and I wanted to really do. Yeah, we really, we really never thought. I we thought they were gonna be in the hunt for their for their division. The fact that they're not, they're like in the, they're in the basement of that division is kind of really surprising to me. Um, but but yeah, man, um, that's it for me. I think the Texans is the biggest surprise, for surprisingly bad team in my opinion. Well, I did kind of say that the Patriots were going to be bad, but I didn't know they were going to be that bad. I thought they were going to, you know, I thought they were going to be kind of, uh, you know, middling, you know, kind of like seven wins, because I think that's what I said. I said, they probably going to win seven to eight wins. And, and right now they only have two wins is, I don't think I saw that. So yeah, that's my two surprise bad teams. Uh, I think mine is the Falcons. Just because they keep choking at the end of games, I don't know why, but they should have more wins and they should be competitive right now with New Orleans and Tampa Bay. And I think the second one is the Minnesota Vikings. Who yep. would have thought the Vikings would be? Oh yeah, right man. Oh, like I don't like 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 every like I like we all. I think we all picked the Vikings to win that division, and it's not going to happen. It's it's not going to happen at all. You know, due to the fact of. Not just Kirk Cousins having one of the, one of his most uh, terrible years of, of his career, but also it just seems like it just seems like the team is just discombobulated, and it's terrible to see that. You know, other than Dalvin Cook performing his ass off, there's there's nothing going on outside of that, and they need to do better because you can't go from a playoff team that looks like you could maybe be in the NFC Championship team to garbage. Hmm. Yeah, and it's, still, yeah, and it's really crazy. terrible. Yes. Yeah, I wanna I wanna add one more team to this, but it's not really their fault. Uh, um, the just the mishaps, um, and injuries that has happened to the 49ers. I think I think we never saw that happening, man. They've lost some of their best players. I think they lost most of their best players three, four games into the season. So, so I I, I don't think any of us saw that coming. But you know what? A lot of times, and I think I brought this up once before, is that a lot of times the the Super Bowl losers usually have a hard time the next season. I don't know. Yeah, once yeah. you lose the Super Bowl, you get cursed. It's very and like, strange. and that remember that same curse is the same one following the Atlanta Falcons around. <laughs> I don't know why it's after so many years. I don't know why, but it's following us, and we never lost the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> <laughs> good one. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a great one. Years. <laughs> well, um, let me see. I think that's I think that's it. Uh, I think that's it for that for now. So yeah. so before we do our week eight reviews, um, player of the week for week eight. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go. The easy one is Mahomes because he went nuts on us. But yeah, I'm gonna give uh, Joe Burrow. You know they upset Tennessee. Got to give this kid credit, yeah. man. He's running for his life too, because Cincinnati doesn't have the greatest offensive line, and uh, 
and he, you know, he had a pretty good day, man. 249, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with uh, Burrow upset in Tennessee. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's the easiest answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, 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 I mean, Come on, man. That, we got to give it to someone else, though. 30, 31 of 42, 416. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's got to be someone else. I, I want to dig I wanna dig into it a little bit more to see who, who would I give it to. Um, but um, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know I got who two. else I'm going to give it to. Go ahead, Davin. I, I got Go two. Ahead. I got Go one. Ahead. One is Dalvin Cook. Um, 163 oh, yeah. rushing yards. Three rushing touchdowns, two catches for sixty-three yards, one receiving touchdown. He he, the one that won the game for Minnesota. Oh yeah! Shout yeah. out to him. True. And shout out to and uh, my uh, my second one is Drew Locke. Shout out to Drew right. Locke for that big oh. comeback against the Chargers. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So those are my those are my two player of the weeks because Lord Jesus, yeah, I think I, you, I think wasn't you covered expected. it, bro. Good one, definitely. Yeah, so let's get into our eight week eight reviews. Um, the first game, Falcons. Um, they didn't choke, but they won. Um, twenty five <laughs> to seventeen against the Panthers. Yeah, basically, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the the that's the Falcons team. I thought we would see most of the year. I didn't think they were gonna be bullying teams around because they didn't have the defense to do it. But I thought their offense would be stellar enough to hold the ball, be able to run the ball with their with, um, with their running backs, and be able to complete for third downs and and score touchdowns when they needed to, which they haven't done all season, and the defense hasn't helped them at all. So, yeah, this this is basically the team I thought we would have seen. Yeah, I, you know what? And, and they almost they almost gave it up at the at the end of that game too. Uh, they uh. the extra point. <laughs> After they scored mm. that late touchdown, and then Teddy brought them down, and I'm like, "Oh boy, here we go!" Carolina <laughs> marched right down the field. Here we go again. Yeah, mm. but uh, but luckily for them, they held on and won. So good for Atlanta. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to them. Uh, next game, pay- Bills close game, uh, 24-21 against the Patriots. The Bills uh, are having issues on offense. The hot, red hot start, start they were having on offense, I think defensive coordinators have trying to force them to shift away from what they like to do, and I don't think it's working out for uh, Josh Allen. Um, he needs to wake up if they're going to be making a run, um, and they need to run the ball. They need to be able to run the ball, which they haven't been able to do. So, uh, yeah, um, they have a problem, man. And Cam Newton... You know, they, they drove down and they were going to get ready to kick a field goal to tie it at, at the very least. And he fumbled uh, pretty deep in uh, Buffalo territory. And here's yep. a quick stat about the, pa- the Patriots, just to compare them to last year. This year, they have 17 turnovers after this game, right? And last year, they had 17 total in the whole season. So they already matched their turnover total from last year and they're only at you know halfway through the season and and the crazy thing is that the bills offense is still struggling i know the patriots defense is good 
um, for what it is on paper, but Buffalo has to find a way to win games. You know, just like you said, if the Dolphins' defense is number one, which is crazy, they have to find ways of winning games on offense because the defense can't do it every time. You know, you need that little bit of extra punch, you know, like like a right hook. You can't just jab, jab, and step back, step back, and you and you, and you expect to knock the person out. You got to right hook them. You got to uppercut them, you know, catch them by surprise. So the mm-hmm. offense needs to yep. needs to do better. Period. But other than that, they they got the win. Um, it was a must needed win for them. Uh, Bengals, just like you said, Chris, thirty one to twenty. Uh, wow, surprising win against the Titans. Yeah, big. That was, that was a shocker. Definitely the shocker of the week. Cincinnati's, you know, they're they're battling every week. You know, every week we see this. Not that they're winning a lot of games, but they're hanging in. It's only their second win. They tied one against Philly. Um, so there, Joe Burrow's definitely everything that Cincinnati wanted to get or thought they, they were getting with the number one pick. They're definitely getting man. Burrow is a, he's definitely a star in this league, without a doubt. And they did it without their, their, um, their running back too. Right. What's his name is hurt. Joe Mixon. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. Still- Mixon. Yeah. Giovanni, yeah. Giovanni Bernard was the starter. He basically. He, he had a pretty good game. I think he had two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah so one. yeah, but the no. the Bengals have been pretty competitive all season, though. You know, yeah. um, I think there's every game they played in, they've been a pretty uh, pretty um, effective, and that offense just works very well. It's basically kind of a co- a copy of what he ran in at LSU. He he feels comfortable in it. You can see he does. He has the talent around him. Tyler Boyd. He's a legit wide receiver in the NFL, which people don't mention his name a lot of, you know. But so, so yeah, man, they they just they were they were they were in that game. They were competitive all game, and they've been competitive all year. So yeah, uh, shout outs to the the Bengals. And then they then they be building the right way because the kid T Higgins looking like looking like he's yeah, going to be something still... great too with Joe Burrow. Yes, sir. So shout out yep. to T Higgins and Joe Burrow. Um, the Raiders. Beat the Browns, sixteen to six. Yeah, that was a pretty windy game, from what I heard. Um, so maybe that's why it was a low-scoring game. But uh, still, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no, you got to you got to do better than six points. I mean, defense actually played better than what we've seen from Cleveland, but they got they got to do better because there's no way they're going to compete in uh, in the AFC North if they're only putting up six points. You know what I mean? You 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 got to play Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore. So they're, they're in, uh, I, I don't know. I don't see them being in the playoffs this year, even though they're five and three now, but and give, uh, give Vegas, uh, give the Raiders some props, man. Winning on the road, you know, they're, they're getting in good position now. Yeah. Yeah. The Browns are on an unique, they, they're kind of a ridiculous team, man. Um, um, they, they either overperform or they underperform. That's what they do. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen a, a team do. You know, they, they either score 30 plus points or seven or fewer points in each game. How are you doing that? How are you scoring either 30 points plus points or seven or fewer? It's like, it's like there's no middle ground for you. I, I've never, I've, I don't understand that. I don't understand how they do that. 
you know so, so there's a lot of there's a lot going on with them i don't know why that team is so uh there I, I mean it's it's like jekyll and hyde in my opinion um because they held the the um the las vegas uh the raiders to um um Derek Carr only threw 412 yards how were you losing a game where the uh, quarterback threw 412 yards and you're losing by the score of 16 to 6 like you know i mean at home <laughs> but but yeah they they definitely have a lot to fix man they i don't know how they're going to do it but they definitely have a lot to fix yeah definitely and baker mayfield needs to the second half of the season baker mayfield has to play better especially going against pittsburgh and baltimore cuz if not he is he in real trouble and and that is real <laughs> um the colts dominated the lions 41-21 Man, the Colts, I, they were they were just getting off the bye, right? I think that was their first game after the bye. The yeah, Colts. yeah, yeah. They they they. We we said from the beginning that they were going to be a competitive team, and they they're showing that they are. Um, there's layers to this here for them. They they have uh they have multitude of of uh, weapons on offense. I think Philip Rivers had it, probably one of his better games this offense this um this season. Um, but we know what Detroit is, man. You know, Detroit, Detroit is, is, I mean, they, 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 they will put up, put up points on you here and there, but, uh, you know, for a coach, that's a defensive coach, you know, allowing, allowing these massive points, you know, amounts of points on your team as a defensive coach, to me, that, that falls directly at the feet of, uh, Matt Patricia. And you know what? Once again, I mean, this is a team that I thought when they drafted DeAndre Swift, I thought, yeah, you go. Have, I thought they'd be a little better running, running, uh, a running team, but <sighs> six carries in one yard, twenty nine yards rushing for the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> and ten of it was by Stafford. So, <laughs> so not good, man. You're not winning games without a running game. It's as simple as that. You need some nope. kind of a running game. You don't have to have you know, the Ravens running game or Tennessee, you know, with Derrick Henry, but you can have a respectable running game or else they're just going to play for the, the, you know, play, play for the pass. That's it. You know, the defense, you're not going to shock the defense. So yeah, agree to it. And we've been talking about this with Detroit for a while. So yeah, yep. exactly. Good win for the Colts. Um, Vikings shocked the Packers 28, 22. Another shocker. Viking, Vikings, and I'm, I mean, the Packers, like I said earlier, the Packers can't stop a nosebleed on defense. They, they, if you, if you, if you allow them to rush the pin, let their pass rushers pin their ears back, they will, it'll basically be a long day for you. But if you come in playing physical, they, they can't play physical, man. They can't at all. I think, I think that followed um, Mike Pitten. Petin is his name. He used to be our. He used to be on the Rex Ryan at yep. one point. He's the defensive coordinator. I think. He, I think that's a, one of his trademarks. As I mean, that's a bad thing to have as a trademark as as a defensive coordinator. But they just can't stop the run. I, I don't know why they have talented players. They just can't stop the run. Yeah, didn't they draft a couple of guys? Uh, what was it last year? Yeah. Uh, right on the defensive front. Yeah, on the defensive yes. line. Yeah, kid from Michigan. Uh, 
I can think of the top of my head. Um, oh, I, uh, I can't remember his name. But but nothing, you know. They, I mean, they got pass rushes, but pass rushes ain't helping you when you can't stop the run. Yep. People like that's what the Vikings rolled into town. They were like, if you can't stop Cook, we got we. That's it. You're done. That's exactly what happened. And you could tell from Kirk Cousins only throwing the ball 14 times, which is a, probably a career low that the game was all on Dalvin Cook. That was hey, the game plan from the jump. Hey, we seen Tennessee last year, right? Derrick Henry <laughs> can carry a team. And yes, he can. Cook is the type yes, of running back can. to do it too. I mean, it might be too late for Minnesota, and we kind of killed them last week. So we'll see. Yeah, I yep. agree. Dolphins dominated the Rams 28-17. To his first That start. was a shock of a game. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think everybody, you know, like from afar, we were seeing the score and we're like, oh, 28-17, you know, two has had great. Two only threw for 93 yards. He did <laughs> throw for a touchdown. You know, he ran for nothing. So it wasn't really two. It was the defense and it was special teams that really uh, did in the, the Rams. And the Rams outscored them. I looked this up. They outscored them by over 300 yards. Yes. The Rams out, out, I'm sorry, not outscored, outgained. Outgained them, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Outgained it by over 300 yards, and they yep. still lost. I mean, by a lot, you know, two scores at least. So um, that's surprising. Goff still threw for 355, but – he had to throw the ball yeah. 61 times. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That is bad. That That's is bad horrible. For anybody. <laughs> and 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 this is and at the end of the day, this is what you have to look at. The fact that the um the fact that the Rams, uh both Dara Dara Henderson and Mike, Malcolm Brown both run for um Henderson 47 yards and Brown for 40 yards. That is not good. That is not good. The fact that and the fact that Henderson ran had a, a 5.9 average and you weren't running the ball, that 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 indicates that you were throwing the ball too much. And that oh, led baby. to the two picks that got through, you know. Hey guys. And I think those turnovers def- definitely the two turnovers and the, the special teams touchdown by the Dolphins basically was the game. That was the game. Yes. And you know what? I I, I said it earlier, you need it, you need some kind of a running game to win in this league, right? So looking at teams like we're talking about the Rams. So let's say I'm going to give you three teams here, the Rams, the 49ers and the Ravens, both of them need the running game, right? Can they win without their running game? It it depends on what team you're talking about. 49ers, you could probably can because of George Kittle and you know, and, and I guess a little bit of the AY receivers. It all but it all depends. Um I, I don't yeah, see I, the Ravens winning and I don't see the I don't see the Rams, I guess, winning. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you, Davin. What you said. The 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 only team I think in the three teams Chris mentioned that could survive on a on on a, on a on a given Sunday without a, a robust running game would be the 49ers because they could actually they actually have weapons that that could get open so um um against uh, you know if they just do uh, uh basic or general passing um concepts but other than that these are the teams they they depend heavily on their running game and if they don't have it going man that's it it's over 
And it's just showed 35 for 61, two interceptions, one touchdown. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous when you have to yeah. throw the ball 61 times and almost got a 50, 50% completion. It's real. It's not good at all. Um, the rate the Steelers and Ravens game, amazing game. Um, Steelers won in the close in the close one, uh 28-24. Yeah, and I think actually they a lot of people were saying I, I didn't watch the whole game, I just caught the end of it. Um <clears throat> they were saying Baltimore actually outplayed them for most of the game. And they were a little surprised that they actually lost that game. But uh, Pittsburgh did open up a, a nice lead early on. And, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, they didn't. <laughs> Baltimore had a lead going into halftime. And then Pittsburgh scored a couple of times in the third quarter. But um, And then they held on at the end. But, um, yeah, this was definitely probably the game of the week. Two of the best teams in the whole league, not just in their division. Um, and Pittsburgh holds on to stay undefeated. They're still not offensively. I mean, nobody had great games, but they did enough to win. And in the, in the end, that's, that's all that matters, especially in a game like this. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw a couple of picks and going back to what we were saying, but Baltimore did run the ball this week. I mean, Dobbins had 113, Gus Edwards had 87, Lamar Jackson at 65. So they were able to run the ball. So surprisingly how they lost, but. Well, they were, they lost, they lost the game because, because, um, because of the total inconsistency by the, by, by the quarterback. I mean, I'm talking about, um, I'm talking about Jackson, right. um, the Ravens, this is, this is the thing with the Ravens. I mean, yes, they rushed the ball, but remember they have to literally dominate you as a throw, as a, as a, as a team on offense running the ball so that they could beat you. If you're going to allow them, if you're going to stop them from running the ball at a dominating level and, and try to get uh, Lamar Jackson to throw the ball, he's going to throw those picks, which is going to give you uh, more pos uh, possessions and give you time to beat that, beat them, unfortunately. And that's what happened in my opinion. I think, I think the fact that he didn't show up when he needed to was kind of, kind of let them down. You know, and and it's becoming a story on his in it in kind of in his, his his you know in his short-lived career that he does not show up for the bigger games. I, I'm I, I really don't like tagging players that early in their career with stuff, but it's kind of happening too often. You know, he you know he he's just not being consistent enough when they need him to be, and, and that's a problem for now. And he did throw a, a pick six. Yep, that. there you go. And it, a, and it was a pick six to the guy that was replacing uh, Bush, the linebacker. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, and, 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 and y'all know how I feel about about Jackson in the big games. Um, I I'm not gonna judge it until the playoffs come. Right. Um, when we do the playoff, when we do the playoffs, that's when that's when we can get more in depth into into that. But I'm not gonna judge it just because of the season. Um, they both teams played played the win and you know Pittsburgh basically made the plays count when they when they supposed to count so shout out to Pittsburgh Broncos woof surprise a, a big surprise second half comeback win against the Chargers 31 to 30 yep two young quarterbacks <laughs> Herbert and Drew Locke and Drew Locke's been inconsistent so far this was his good game or his good half um 
Lindsay came back, so they got their running game back in, in gear as well. So we'll see what – and what's-his-name is coming back too, I read, in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, Von Miller is supposed to be coming back. Right? He's been out all year. That is, that is, that is pretty good. I mean, that's good because what's happening here with the Broncos, you see – uh, you've seen in the last couple of weeks that their defense is kind of starting to tighten. You've seen a little bit of what a lot of people saw in the offseason that made them kind of think that the Broncos were going to be a Cinderella team. Uh, you're kind of seeing a lot of that kind of showing up right now. Um, uh, but Drew Locke had a pretty good uh, performance there, man. Um, I think at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, I think they're uh, definitely going to um, – that's, that's definitely a good uh, look for them. Let's see what they're going to do going forward. Yeah, I mean, they're only a game out of the playoffs, right? They could still sneak in uh, as a wild card. You got the extra wild card this year, so anything's possible. Yeah, I just think at the end of it, the Chargers is missing that. I don't know what it is. They're missing that one piece that can get them to that can get them to win these games because they get so they got close in some in so many of these games this season, and they just can't finish. You know, and that is a big problem. So, you know, I know the Chargers have have problems, injuries, whatever like that. But if they could get that one piece, you know, then I think they'll be able to win games. But shout out to both quarterbacks um, in this game. Uh, Saints beat the Bears in overtime, 26-23. Yeah, you know what? (laughs) Um, <laughs> this just this game shows a lot. I mean, I don't know how the Saints stayed in this game, but um, Chicago just their offensive line is just horrible. I mean, they can't run the ball. They actually ran it decent, but um, they they just I think they're so limited with Nick Foles. You know, Nick Foles he's streaky to begin with, and he's streaky in a game actually, not just over a season, but. Um, he needs a running game to help him out. He can't do this by himself. He's not one of those quarterbacks that's going to be, you know, a Tom Brady that's going to do everything on your, on by himself and throw the ball for 400 yards and all that. He needs a good running game, and they just don't have one. And especially a team playing in the, you know, in the cold weather, in the playoffs and all that, they need to run the ball. And this team just cannot do it. Um and Foles is, like I said, streaky. He's limited. And they've shown it. Or actually, watching the game, you've seen it. And even Troy Aikman said it. He goes, he's just a limited quarterback, you know. he's just a, Basically, he's a drop-back quarterback. You know, once he gets out of the pocket, he's done. I mean, there was a play he even said. He goes, probably Mitchell Trubisky probably runs for a first down on that play because, you know, he could run a little bit. Foles just can't run. So they're just a limited team with Foles and um, you know, they're a surprise, I think at five and two, what they are, but I just don't see them going far with Foles. Yeah. um, Yeah. That's what's that's yeah. Uh, That's there's a reason why he was, he's been a backup for most of his career. I know, I know he won a Super Bowl, but come on, don't tell me you're watching that game and you're thinking, Oh, there goes Nick Foles. The Super Bowl champion? No, that's not that's what that's not what's happening here. Um, like like Chris he said, he's just a streaky in Philly. He <laughs> had a just great a... offensive line. He had a very good running game. Right, right. good receivers. So yeah, 
So <laughs> that offensive line is really bad, especially on the interior. I mean, they're laughably let they're like, you know, fun they're laughably bad, you know. Um and 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 like you said, if you don't have a running game, you run the ball twenty one times with David Montgomery and you could only get eighty nine yards. You know that that's not good, man. You gotta like if you if you're getting four point two ca- for, per carry, I think you need to pound the ball a little bit more, in my opinion, on that. Um, I think I think you should limit. I think, in my opinion, the the kind of offense that would fit Foles is if you limit his passes to twenty something passes a game and not forty something passes. You know, so so I mean, they have a lot of problems. One of the problems they don't have is defense. That defense is basically one of the better defense in the NFL. They made the Saints suffer, like basically suffer through this game. And the Saints are probably one of the better offensive teams in the NFL. So that's all they have going for them. The one of the reasons why Chicago is five and three is because their defense is just that good. Uh also Trubisky is injured. Um they they evaluate in his right shoulder, so he might be missing time um due to one of those, I guess one of those crazy plays he had. They try to make him on the ball. And yeah, you know what happened. So uh, <laughs> let's move along to Seattle. Uh, dominated the 49ers 37 27. Yeah, uh, I think San Francisco is probably done after this week. Um, Kittle went down. He's supposed to be out for eight weeks. That's a killer. They lost Garoppolo now. He's going to be out a couple of weeks. Um, and they've been decimated by injuries we talked about them a little bit earlier um so i I think this was probably the end of their season um i don't see them doing much now and and seattle is just such a good team it's just going to be to me with seattle it's going to come down to defense because their offense looks unstoppable when when who's going to cover dk metcalf who can cover (laughs) that guy i mean who could cover lockett Right, Nobody and you got Lockett, right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. <clears throat> you definitely got to double team him because that guy is just a monster. Yep. He's fast. He's tall. He's, he's, like, he's like Megatron again. <laughs> yeah, like and he Megatron. works hard. He plays hard. He, he's like, he's, 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 his competitive streak is like up there, man. Like for some, like for that kind of, that's the kind of football player you want on your team, man. Oh, yeah. You know, so so the fact that the fact that they have him, and then he's paired with probably the hardest working quarterback in the NFL, it, it's it's like a match made in heaven, and you could see that the the chemistry is like ridiculous. Um, but uh, and you add in that right. he's, playing, he's basically playing with a chip on his shoulder too, because yeah, he lasted in the draft. So this guy should have been picked in the first round. Oh yeah, with those talents, yeah, most definitely. But nobody, oh, nobody, everybody, nobody could get over the shirtless, um, 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 forty-yard dash and all that stuff. And they thought that he's just a flash in the pan. Unfortunately, Whew. well, fortunately for Seattle, everybody um, was was caught up with the looks, and Seattle was looking at the substance, the substance. But um, yeah, I agree with you, Chris, with the 49ers, man. Um, it's sad, but um. Yeah, with all the injuries and everything that's happened to them this year, I think they're done. And Seattle is basically looking to be uh, NFC champions. You know, they're going to be, you know, we, let's see what they do on defense with Carlos Danlock. 
what he's going to do with uh, when Adams returns, what he's going to do. And, um, and yeah, we, I mean, we've seen a few holes in their, in their, um, in their protection, but, uh, but not that many. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Seattle for the win. Um, don't have much to say on that one. Uh, Eagles won in a terrible game against the Cowboys, 23 to nine. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good way to say it. Very, very ugly. Uh, it was just bad. You know, down I mean, both there. quarterbacks didn't have a good game and, you know, no. and it just wasn't good at all. Wentz is continually making the same mistakes every week. I mean, he's, he's trying to make something out of nothing on every play, you know, like sometimes you just got to just throw the ball away or just take the sack, but he just doesn't have that in his DNA, I guess, because he never does it. I mean, he tries to make a play when there's nothing there, you know, you just got to just throw it away, just survive for the next down. You know, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I appreciate that. He's, you know what, he just wants to make a play and all that, but as a quarterback, you know, we've seen it, man. You just got to, you just got to throw it away at times. And he just, he's making plays like he's a rookie and he shouldn't be. I mean, there's no excuse for this whatsoever. I mean, I know. There's been, go ahead, Chris, my I bad. Say, I, I know, you know, he's got, you know, uh, what's his name is out. Ertz is out and a couple of the receivers are still out. You know, Deshaun Jackson is out and uh, Ashlon Jeffries is out, but you know what? It's no excuse, man. You got to like, as a quarterback, when you don't have a play, okay, you try to make something, but then when you can't just throw the ball away, you know, he's leading the league in interceptions. There's no excuse for that. I'm sorry. The one play that got me so furious with him was the one where he basically um, dodged a sack, rolled out, trying to get the wide receiver to get open. He sees the defensive end or linebacker rushing straight to him to tackle him. And instead of throwing the ball away, he still has the ball in his hand. And the, and the guy tackles him down, sacks him. And I'm looking at him like, how? why? Why? You're, you're all alone. Nobody's getting open. You're one-on-one with the guy, with the linebacker. Throw the ball away. What are you doing? He is infuriating at this point. And it, you're seeing that there's, there was a, a, a bunch of people on TV, a lot of talking heads that were um, defending him and, all, and a lot of people attacking um, him, saying that they might have to bench him. And now all these people are backtracking and saying they can't defend that. They can't, and you can't. And you really can't, man. You know, 123 yards, two interceptions against a Dallas defense <laughs> that has been so putrid all year. Exactly. It's horrible. That's horrible, you know. But again, that's how bad Dallas is because the court, the their opposing quarterback throws for 123 yards and they lose 23 to nine. <laughs> so that was just a horrible game, man. Oh, yeah. I, I guess you know you got to you got to win somehow. So there you go. Uh, in in the the last game, uh, surprising close game. Tampa Bay 25 to Giants 23. Yeah, I was yeah. Um, definitely shocked I think, the, I think, I think the, yeah, I think that's a shocking game, but because I, I uh, have a coworker that's a Giants fan and we always talk about the Giants a lot, uh, one of the things that didn't surprise me is how competitive they are on defense. Um, they're, they're, they, they fight. 
man. And they, they really fight on defense. And you saw that what the difference was here was that on offense, they played better. Of course, you know, no matter how good they play, unfortunately, um, this uh, Jones is just going to keep turning the ball over. And that's another ridiculous, one. you know. Here's another one. Throw the ball away. How many plays did we see that? You know, like that the last one where he was going down, that him by the shirt, and he's trying to throw the ball to the receiver. Just throw it away. Just get rid of it. You know, how hard is that? I don't get it. I don't get it don't either. Get it either. Hey, the Giants was going to lose anyway. And then, and of what, the, no, go right ahead first. Hey, well, what did you guys think of that last play, the pass interference? It was pass interference, in my opinion. But the, but but the the part of the play that that got me was the fact that he made the wrong read. The running back was wide open in the flat. Right. If he just if he just stuck his feet down in the ground and threw the ball to the running back, it would be a touchdown. And even if it was pi and it wasn't pi, it would be a touchdown anyway. So there you go. The part that I was I I, I didn't you know I, when I first seen it live, I said, man, that's pass interference. But when they showed the replay, it looked like it was okay. It was a lot closer than automatic pass you know it was bang bang i get it but they threw the flag and to me there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it to say okay there's no flag so i think once you put that's that's one of those whatever call you made that should be the that should be the call because to me there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it to say that it wasn't pass right that it wasn't pass interference or that it was pass interference i should say it was just right. a bang that bang play yeah, it was a bang bang play. You're yeah, right. So I, I, I agree with that. I just thought, all right, they threw the they threw the flag as pass interference. Looking at it, I looked at it and I thought the same thing. You know, I thought I should say I thought differently each time they showed it. I was like, wow, that's really close. It could have went first one one angle. It looks like pass interference. The other angle, it doesn't. You know, it's one of those plays that could have went either way. So to me, the the flag should have stayed. It should have been pass interference. Right. Well, the turnover king, Daniel Jones, <laughs> 31 turnovers in the first, I think his first 18 games. Freaking Jeez. ridiculous. That's yeah, crazy. I think it's 18, 16 games. I forgot, but it is a high, high number for amount of games. You got to give him his crown. Um, <laughs> before we do our week nine previews, uh, Chris, what's the wins look like? All right. I had my worst week. I only had seven wins. Davin had eight. And Sharman had the better week at nine. So the standings now are I'm at 79. Sharman's at 77 now. And Davin's at 73. So let's right. back them up. <laughs> All right. So we got a Thursday night game. Uh, Packers against the 49ers. I got to go to Packers, man. I think, uh, I think San Fran is done. Agreed. San Fran's done for the uh, Packers. Yeah, Packers is a must need to win for the Packers, so I got the Packers. All right, uh, Broncos against the Falcons. This is a tough one. Uh, I, I'm gonna go Atlanta. They're home. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Broncos. I think. <laughs> I think they're kind of on an uptick. Uh, the Falcons still have questions to answer um, on defense. And I think the Broncos are getting better on offense. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the Falcons. They'll get their first two win streak. So I'm, I'm gonna go with the Falcons. Uh, one of the games of the week: Seahawks against the Bills. Should be a good one. 
Seahawks. Yeah, I like Seattle. I'm going with Buffalo. This will be Russell Wilson's uh, test. Um, Bill's defense is great. And this is also for Josh Allen. Please get your shit together on offense, man. This is a big test for you. Um, if, if, if Josh Allen and, the, and that offense can do good in the Buffalo's defense, I know they're not going to be able to stop Russell all game, but if they can stop him for a good amount of time, I got, I got Buffalo. Um, Buffalo will uh, be the pull the upset one. Um, Bears against the Titans. I like the Titans. I don't trust the Bears. Yeah. Titans too for me. Uh, this is tough. Um, <laughs> this, this is tough because the Titans just came off of a loss against the Bengals and the Bears came off a loss against the Saints. Um, I, I will go with Tennessee. I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I'm not even gonna play around with it. Um, another good game. Ravens against the Colts. Yeah, this should be a good game. Uh, just being home, I, I I like the Colts. Yeah, I like the Colts too. Ooh, interesting. Uh, I'm uh, uh, I think I think Lamar Jackson and I will get back on track. I was thinking the Colts, but um, I'm, please don't make me regret this. I'm gonna pick Baltimore <laughs> in this game. Um, Panthers against the Chiefs. Gotta be Chiefs, right? Yeah. Yep. You gotta be Chiefs. 11, Eleven point spread. Um, you gotta go with the Chiefs on that one. Uh, oh, this is interesting. Lions against the Vikings. Uh, I'm gonna go Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Minnesota. Uh, I have to go with the Vikings just because Stafford is on uh, the COVID nineteen list. Um, Giants against Washington. You know what? Giants are in every single game. I know they're finding ways to lose, but I'm going to go with the Giants. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants, too. Um, And I'll pick Washington for this one. Um, Hmm. And it gets more interesting. The Texans against the Jaguars. I got to go Houston. They got to beat Jacksonville. Yeah. Jacksonville starting a uh, what do you call it? Sixth round draft pick this this week. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I I go Houston. Yeah. That's what I felt. That's what I thought. Oh, uh, Josh I, McCown, by the way, Josh McCown is getting signed by the Texans as a backup. Is this oh, dude going to retire? <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. Um, I'll go with Houston. I'll go with Houston for the game. Raiders against the Chargers. I got the Raiders. Ugh, man, Raiders are playing good. Actually, they're, they're another team. Yeah. I think until so, I think until so Justin Herbert and them can finish games, um, I'll have to go with the Raiders. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Raiders too. Steelers against the Cowboys. It's gotta be Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, fourteen point spread. Yeah. Um, another good game. Dolphins against the Cardinals. Give me a good challenge for Miami and Tua there. Uh, but I, Arizona's been playing good, so I'm going to go with Arizona. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, I'll, go, I'll go with Arizona. Um, uh, I'll go with Arizona. Another game of the week, Saints against the Buccaneers. I'm going to go Bucks. They're going to bounce back. That's going to be a tough game. Is Michael Thomas going to be back? Because that yes, Michael, that, that's the, Michael Thomas is going to play. 
Oh, wait, if, he's gonna, if he's going to play, I pick the I pick the Saints. Um, they, they said Michael Thomas supposed to play and um, Antonio Brown supposed to play. So this is supposed to be one of those good games. I'm going with this. I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints and uh, Michael Thomas have a big game. Um, usually it's Camara that's that's big, big for Breeze off in the offense. But Michael Thomas is going to have a big game for them. And last, well, we, we don't even have to talk about last but not least because we already picked our predictions and just came. All right, that's it for our podcast. <laughs> Make sure y'all follow us <laughs> on Twitter at Just Fears Podcast. Leave us some feedback. Um, we do this for y'all every week. Until next time, we take a flight. Take flight. Take flight.